and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail Scott McDermott. On the pod today, we take a deep dive into a frustrating night in the Europa League as stubborn Spartak dig in for a goalless draw at Ibrox. And we preview a mouthwatering Betfred Cup semi-final clash with Aberdeen. Scott, you were there last night reporting for the Sunday Mail. Yep. It was a pretty frustrating night for Rangers not getting the win that they desperately desired to take them to the top of the Europa League group. What did you make of the overall performance? Uh, overall, Johnny, I thought it was a decent performance. Um, I thought Rangers ultimately deserved to win the game, probably. Um, I actually thought the first half performance, I thought they played better football in the first half last night than they did against Rapid Vienna at Ibrox, which was obviously a, a performance that everybody was was raving about. But you know, the, the as I say, the first half last night, I thought was really impressive. Um, a couple of bad decisions in the final third uh, cost them. We got a lack of composure. Uh, the best chance in the first half was when they broke and Candace found himself in the box and you know, it was a real lack of composure. He, he, he kind of panicked when there was a there was an easy pass into Koulibaly for a for a tap in basically, and, and he. He wasted it. He kind of lifted the ball and and, and over hit it. So it was frustrating in that sense that they, they, they played good football, got to a certain point, but just lacked a, a killer ball or a final pass. Um, I agree with Stephen Gerrard um, and that he said after the game that they kind of lost their way slightly after half time. There was a kind of 15 minute spell where it got really kind of disjointed, uh, really, really sloppy, and Spartak upped their game a wee bit. Obviously, they made a couple of changes at the break, and I think you know, that had a positive impact on them. But in saying that, I don't think Alan McGregor was ever really put on, put under any uh, any real pressure. I think he had one, one decent save to make for long range, and that was that. And Rangers kind of gradually got a grip again towards the end of the game, and... There was a wee bit of pressure there, maybe not as much as Gerard would have hoped for, but Grez does miss a, missed a late chance, uh, a clear cut chance late on. Uh, I thought Koulibaly again when when uh, Morelos has put it across goal could have maybe slid in and, and, and scored. Um, so listen, it was a positive performance. Granted, the result isn't what they would have hoped for. They wanted to take a real grip. In this group, it's obviously kind of tightened the group up a bit uh, with Villarreal now sitting in five points as well. But listen, you, you need to you need to look at the bigger picture. Sometimes, I mean, sitting watching the game last night, especially the first half, and you're thinking, God, there's fifty thousand people here, Rangers at home in Europe, they're dominating Spartak Moscow. I mean, really dominating them. This is a, a no, this is a huge club in Russia. Um, you know, Russian champions spend a lot of money in players, really established Champions League last season. Rangers were dominating them. And this is a Rangers team that a year ago were an absolute shambles getting getting thrown out of the, the Europa League qualifier by a by a team for Luxembourg. And I think sometimes you know, there'll be fans out there disappointed with the result, maybe even parts of the performance, but sometimes you need to take a step back and just think, you know, what what an improvement there's been by the fact that you're now sitting at a, a Rangers Spartak Moscow game that you've pretty much dominated and you're disappointed to come away with just a draw. 
Yeah, Gerard's worked near miracles in terms of what he's built, and he's built from the back, Scott, which is what yeah. we were crying out for. Uh, you spoke very vocally about a need to instill yeah. Rangers values in that back line, the values of John Gregg, you know, getting the, the team organised, that Walter Smith mentality. And yeah. once again last night, that's 11 games now unbeaten in Europe. You see that really solid base. And I thought uh, the defenders were excellent pretty much throughout. Joe Worrell in particular, I right. wasn't particularly sure about him when he first came in. But last night, once again, he showed that he's improving and becoming a Rangers player and I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he was the best. He was the best defender on the pitch last night, Johnny. And he's still only what 21, 22 years old. Um, you're right. He looked a wee bit shaky when he came in at first. A few punters weren't happy that he, you no, know, he, he seemed to come in and, and immediately took uh, Nico Katic's place at the back. However, I thought last night he looked. He did look the real deal. Um, as well as defending properly, you no, know, you no, know, being dominant in the air, dominant. No, on the ground and the tackle, he actually uh, showed a lot of composure as well, playing out for the back, um, no, seeing things out, covering his man, no, when he had realising when he had time in the ball. Um, he's, what I like about him is that he seems to know when, just to, uh, if there's any danger, he just get, get, gets it out of the park, no, he doesn't take any chances, but when he has got a bit of time to play, he, he can bring it down. He's got a bit of ability that, that he can play it into midfield or whatever. He, to me, he was the, you know, along with Ryan Jack, he was the outstanding Rangers player in the park last night. Uh, and I don't think there's many people, as much as it's still pretty harsh on Katic, um, I don't think there's any people who will complain now at Worrell and Goldson being the the kind of main defensive partnership in the in the middle. And just just, yeah. just on Worrell, um, Scott, before we move on to something else, any Rangers fans that maybe haven't been at the game, can you describe for for them how he sort of organises throughout the game? Because he's he's very animated and a real talker and an organiser. Well, this is the thing. I mean. Connor Goldson was seen as the guy who was going to be like that. And I think he is, to be fair. Goldson has got a lot more experience than Worrell. Um, and I think think I'm right in saying of Rangers 22 games this season, Goldson's played 21 of them. So that's what Stephen Gerrard thinks of him. And clearly he's the main man at the back. However, I mean, we, we spoke to Goldson after the game last night and we can ask him about Worrell and he joked that you know, people forget that Joe's only 21 because he looks about 30. And you know, he was joking about that, but I get what he was meaning because I think what you're saying in terms of his demeanour on the pitch, the way he plays the game, the way he reads the game and the way he organises and cajoles the people around him, he is he does strike you as like a seasoned centre-back. He actually looks mm. he looks a lot older than he, than he actually is. And... Listen, that can only be good for that can only be good for Rangers. Um, and just in terms of the defence generally, you know, you're saying about another great defensive performance in Europe, and it was. It just seems it's just a bit strange that in Europe, you no know, Rangers generally don't look like conceding. You no, know, they they look really solid, really strong, really compact and organised. And yet, as we've seen in some of the domestic games, particularly away from home. They've looked. Uh, they've looked quite vulnerable. So... I'll tell. I'll tell you why that is, Scott. Right? It's because yeah. 
in Europe, it's a much more even game, and Rangers are set up to be a counter-attacking side. Yep. You saw that last night. They spring forward with electric pace uh, in transition, and it's it's great to watch. Yeah. The problem is, is against a very deep defensive line, as you saw with Livingston against Hamilton, yep. they are they are pushed right up the pitch, which actually I don't think is their natural way as a team to no, perform. Yeah, and, and then the team spring with a bit of pace on the counter and Rangers look a bit ropey when they've got players running at them yep. with loads of space in behind them. That isn't actually how those Rangers defenders are going to operate at their peak. No. Player like Goldson, player like Worrell, they're sort of siege defenders first and foremost. They're not so much so comfortable uh, on the half turn going yep. back into space. And that, that that's the difference, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um. In terms of the the Spartak performance, Scott, I was quite impressed with them, just te- technically, tactically, as you'd expect for a team that's had such a significant amount of money spent on it, I suppose. Um, but they, they changed the game slightly in the second half and were, were much improved. And I thought they closed down Rangers' right-hand side very well. Tavernier and Candias, who are so often the fulcrum of what Rangers are producing, were reduced to... to to, to scraps really in terms yep. of the space they were operating in and that left a lot of space for Ryan Kent to be fair who who did pretty well for a large proportion of the game but it did mean that Rangers were a bit neutered down that right hand side yeah no I thought they were they, they were decent um, I thought they were actually quite good down the sides I mean even, even on the other side the boy uh, Ignatov I think his name was I thought he uh, gave Flanagan uh, a few problems which we haven't said too often this season um, and Flanagan, I know he's not a natural kind of marauding fullback anyway, but I mean, he barely got forward at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And listen, but we Kent in front of him, maybe, maybe he, didn't, he didn't need to, but um, no, listen, I thought they had a few decent players. I thought they, they were much improved in the, the second half in terms of the kind of start they made for 15, 20 minutes. They looked. They suddenly looked dangerous and as if they could cause Rangers a real a real problem. Um the wee boy Fernando kinda of came into the game more as the kind of sitter in, in midfield. Um I was maybe str- slightly disappointed in uh, Z Luis up front, who I think scored their, their two goals last week uh in the league. I was expecting a bit more for him. He looked a bit huffy. Um no, I don't think he really get into the game. I suppose that's credit to, to Rangers two centre halves as we've spoke about. Um but listen, I still think you no know, Stephen Gerrard would have come away for it thinking I Sparta had a decent a decent side, but you no, know, they were probably there for the, the taking last night. If Rangers could have just just lifted it up another notch and found that you no know, found that final ball, that killer pass, as I say, that that wee bit of composure. Um, in the last third, I think they could have come away with the, the three points. It was an entirely right-footed back line. Is that going to be a problem if they come up against a talented left-sided player in one of these games? Because it seems to me that this this four is the, the, the number one starting pick for Steven Gerrard now. Pretty much, but I mean, it's, that's maybe been a wee bit harsh on Barisic. I mean, I think if Barisic is fully fit and at it, then Gerard would like him playing at left back, uh, maybe ahead of Flanagan in, in certain games, maybe maybe even most games if as I say if Barisic is really in top. I don't really I don't think he's seen or we've seen the best of Barisic yet. He's obviously had a, a couple of wee niggles, couple of injury problems. 
Um, I think he's on his way back just now. He might even be available for, for Sunday uh, in terms of the squad. But I think he'll just call it as he sees it in terms of the opposition. I mean, we've spoken about it before. I think if you want, if you think you're going to be up against it and need a defensive, a solid defensive performance, then Flanagan's a good option, even though he's a he's a right footer on the left side because he's just a natural defender. He likes one-on-one situations. He's not too bothered about about bombing up the park the way Tavernier does. So there's there's less chance of him getting caught uh, going back the way. Whereas Barisic obviously gives you that natural balance, uh, no great left foot, can link up well with a wide man, likes an overlap, terrific crossing ability. So, listen, that's the options that that Gerard's got that we've spoke about, uh, spoke about before, and I think it will just be it'll be a bit like horses for courses. Obviously, Flanagan's get the nod uh, last night. As we expected, uh, Andy Halliday obviously filled in there at the weekend, and Barisic is coming back. But I genuinely think he'll just look at the game, take each game and its merits, and decide uh, decide what to go with in that in that position. You mentioned Ryan Jack there. Obviously, he's had a period of injury and yeah. is only just getting himself back to full fitness. But once again, he showed what he's capable of, and he's a player that, that to me looks like he's developing with the benefit of having a coach like Steven Gerrard who knows that midfield role so well. Yeah. And he looks to me like he's becoming a player that can be a major, major force for Scotland and Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I just thought it was excellent last night. I know he only played for 65, 66 minutes, but um, I just thought he dictated. uh, When Rangers were playing well, it was because uh, Ryan Jack was playing well in terms of dictating the tempo controlling the game. Uh, no, Spartak didn't uh, kind of put anybody on him to try and stop him controlling it or dictating it. So he had a bit of space. But obviously, you need to use that space. And I thought he did that brilliantly. He was always available for a pass when any of the back four had it. Um, he was picking up scraps. He was kind of breaking up some of Spartak play. And just in general, I thought his passing, uh, his passing was excellent. Way I passed, terrific. Um, I just thought it was a really for a guy, as you say, that's not played in a wee while. And and let's not forget, I mean, he, Ryan Jack has tried for years to to go and play at that stage in terms of Aberdeen trying to qualify for the Europa League group stages, and he's never he's never quite managed it. So it was great to see see him finally play. At that level again, and he took to it like a, like a duck to water. I thought, I just thought it was a really polished display, and Gerald would have been delighted in terms of getting him back into that level of game, producing that level of performance, and was able to take him off. I thought he did. He did look tired just before he came off, um, but obviously with Sunday in mind and huge games coming up. Uh, it's a major bonus for Rangers to get him back playing at that level, and as I say, Gerard would have been would have been really pleased with his contribution. I think. Yeah, I thought Ryan Jack played well. Kent played well. Ajaria played well. Morelos played well. But ultimately, Scott, the attacking players, it wasn't enough to break down the Russians. No. Is, is it that question once again about do Rangers need a number ten, someone who can take the ball on its feet, tight situations? calm and find that pass in the final third because it seems to me you look at the last three games Livingston uh, against Hamilton and now against Sparta they just missed that icy yeah. cold final ball definitely I, I, 
can't agree anymore, Johnny. But listen, to be fair, we've said it. We said that even uh, in pre-season or when the season first started, it was probably the one player that, that Rangers were, were missing. And it doesn't need to be, or I didn't feel it has to be a has to be a young player. It, it just We spoke about it, see like a Maravchik or like a Cranchar or just somebody, uh, no, somebody of that ilk to come in, maybe no start every game, maybe just of a an impact for the bench, but somebody that can find space in that final third and come up with a come up with a killer a killer pass. When as you say, especially domestically, teams are packing the defence against Rangers now. It's this very low block, defending very deep. You really need somebody with the guile and the creativity to to open teams up uh, just with one with one pass or one strike or whatever. And I do think that's something that Rangers are lacking in, in Listen, Stephen Gerrard's no daft. He'll he'll know that himself. And I'd be amazed that in January, I mean, Rangers squad looks really strong just now. Defensively, can't argue with it. Midfield, no, there's loads of guys in there. They're really well. Um, no, they're looking really good in there as well. But I just think in that final third, he needs he needs a guy to open teams up. No, listen, he'll he will have believed. At the start, that Oviajaria could be that guy. Maybe still believes that. And no, Ajaria is a good player. We've, we've spoke about him before for his age. Technically brilliant. He's a no, a, a big boy who's clearly going to have a big future in the game, and he's been excellent for Rangers so far. But I don't think he's quite that number ten that you're talking about. Who's going to play in the hole? Know, find those wee pockets of space to, to open teams up. I, I think Ejaria wants to get on the ball all the time, but when he sees a team defending so deep like that, he tends to take a step back, step off the game because he knows it's too congested in there. I want to get on the ball, I want to build attacks. That's fair enough, but in certain games, Rangers need somebody actually to be in that congested area, but somebody that's got a quick feet and the guile, as I say, to come up with a to come up with a pass that's going to get you going to get you a winning goal and, and and break teams down. Scott, can you think of any players? I've got a name for you, so feel free to get wired into me. But right I up. think this makes sense. Wait, 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 you're saying I'll try and I'll literally try and think off the top of my head. Okay, right. Charlie Adam is a man that's coming to the end of his contract. He's got six months left. He's completely out of the picture um, down south at the moment. He's played for Rangers before. He's uh, a guy that uh, knows Stephen Gerrard, played with Stephen Gerrard at Liverpool. He's a guy that can come up with um, moments of, of quality in the final third. He's got a terrific shot. So if you're playing against that low block defence, you've got somebody who can ping one in from 25 yards. Terrific corner taker, terrific free kick taker. Coming to the end of his career, but a man that could come on and, and add something to Rangers in, in the final third for me. I agree with most of what you're saying, but is he the guy that, that I'm really talking about? I don't think so, because Charlie, I think as he's got older and his career's developed, has dropped back the pitch. I see Charlie now as more of a kind of quarterback type who, listen, we know he's passing is terrific long and short. He's, uh, his set pieces are brilliant. He's still... Well, whenever he gets a rare chance to play now down at, at, at Stoke, he still creates creates goals. 
I see where you're coming from, but I'm still, I, I'm not sure he's the guy. He's the guy that they need. Uh, I think they need somebody, no, just a bit more nimble than that. Mobile. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's just somebody that's going to dart about, uh, find wee pockets, and as I say, just split split defences open with a, with a pass. Um, and I can't think of anyone off the top of my head at the moment, but I will do. So the next time I speak to you, I promise I'll have a couple of names for you. Okay, maybe I have a better name than Charlie Adam because now, now that you've come back to me, I'm I'm sort of I, I I can't actually see Adam now that I've said it necessarily fitting in that well with the Gerard philosophy of hard work and the press and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I'm not really thinking of him as a starter. I'm thinking of him as someone who can come on and change a game in yeah. the last half an hour. Whether or not Charlie would want to do that at this stage of his yeah. career, he might well want to come in and play first team football. Yeah. Um, so overall, then I think. We're we're both feeling that it was a it was a reasonably good performance. There's not an awful lot for Rangers fans to complain about with regards to Spartak last night. However, maybe a slight disappointment that they didn't just take that final chance. And it was Eros Gresda that, that got it, Scott. He came on with I think about twenty minutes to go approximately, had a couple of chances, um, got brought down. I, I thought it was a penalty when I first saw it, but actually seeing it in the, in the instant replay with a bit of slow motion, for me, there's not an awful lot of contact there. Yeah. And then the chance right at the end where he has to do better, he's got to hit the target with that. That's a terrific opportunity, and he could have been the hero. And sometimes with players, you just get a sense that they need moments like that to go in their favour to change the narrative. You remember Mark Hately for a long time at Rangers? Yeah, yeah. Just was having a horrific time, didn't look the part, and then you know he had that game. He had that game against Aberdeen, and it completely changed around. You, you yeah. feel like Gresda. I know he's not had a lot of game time. I know he's a, a player coming in from a different country and a different culture in terms of football. But for me, he just needs a moment to give the fans that they can cling on to because I don't think we've seen a lot from him at, the, at this moment in time. And last night, that was a perfect opportunity to do that. I agree, he probably does need a moment. I mean, every player that's uh, that comes in and they're on the fringes of the team and they're only they're only getting wee kind of cameo roles off the bench, you're right, they probably do need a moment to convince fans and immediately get them on side and show the manager, probably more importantly, that, that he can be uh, that he can be relied upon, that he can be trusted. Um however, I feel slightly for Gresda in that I just think players like that, uh, you know, these kind of attacking players, they need they need to start games before you can really judge them. Um, I agree with you. We've no we've no seen in the wee kind of flashes that he's had, the wee kind of five ten minute uh, appearances off the bench. Granted, he's not really shown much. I mean, probably Glenn Middleton has shown more when he's had the chance uh, off the bench. However. No, Eros Gresda is an international footballer. He's played in different leagues. He's played in the Croatian top flight last season. According to Steven Gerrard, no, Barisic and Katic both pinpointed Gresda as Osijek's best player by, by, a, by a distance last season. So there's clearly something there. No, the, the, the Albanians... Uh, Seem to love him in terms of the national team. They they, they want him playing. They seen him as a as a big player for them. So there's clearly a player in there. Rangers have spent a bit of money on him. It's just that Rangers have played so well and have got 
know, such positive results that he's not quite been able to get in and, and nail down a, a starting place. However, Sunday, the semi-final against Aberdeen at Hamden clearly presents Gresda if Gerard wants it. Um, it could be Gresda's best chance to go and start and really show, really show what he can do. And listen, I agree. Last night he should have scored, or he should have at least made the keeper work. Got the got the shot on target. It was a big moment. It was late in the game. You know, he could have taken the roof off if uh, if he'd have scored. But I just think you need to reserve judgment until the guy started a few games, and you no know, Sunday could be his, could be his opportunity. Well, that's a great um, segue into Sunday's game against Aberdeen, yeah. Scott. Obviously, Rangers are missing Morelos. They are missing Lafferty, which means that there is a position available. Do you think Gresda is the man to come in centrally? Or do you see Ryan Kent coming over and Gresda going to the left? Or do you I, see Glenn Middleton coming in? I, well, I mean, listen, we spoke about it at the time, uh, just after we realised Morelos was going to be suspended. And I said that, I said at the time that I felt Glenn Middleton might be Rangers' best option through the middle. And I stick by that for the reasons that I gave then. That was that he's, he's obviously quick, he's really direct, he's played through there before. I think he's a better finisher than Ryan Kent when he gets one-on-one uh, -on -one with the keeper. I stand by those comments. If you're going to play Glenn Middleton, uh, then I would go with him through the middle and Ryan Kent wide left. However... As the weeks have gone by, Middleton has played less games. Gresda has come to the fore a wee bit more. Gerrard's obviously wanted to get him more game time. He obviously came on before Middleton last night. Um, so I've just got a feeling that Gerrard will go with Candace on the right, Ryan Kent through the middle and Gresda on the left. And he'll keep Glenn Middleton um, and... The forgotten man, Umar Sadiq, probably on the bench, as his only uh, remaining attacking options, basically. Well, uh, I've got some concerns with that lineup, Scott. Yeah. Um, tell me what you think. <coughs> if Aberdeen decide to play this low defensive line that is causing Rangers so many problems, how how does that front three cause the Aberdeen defence problems? Because they're all players that are looking to dart into space behind the defence. Yep. Uh, so I, so you, none of those guys are going to win headers. I know Grez is six foot. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's a facet of his game that we just haven't seen. But Aberdeen are probably likely to, to be quite tight in terms of the way they, their back four operates. And they're, they're probably likely to say, well, you know, cross the ball in. Take the ball I, wide and cross it in all day long. I, I don't think Aberdeen can play that deep <laughs> in a, in a semi-final at Hamden. Uh I don't think on that big pitch, as I say, in a semi-final <coughs> with no, 10, 15,000 Aberdeen fans there, they can't go in and play like Hamilton or Livingston do against Rangers on their own patch. No, Even if they wanted to, I don't think they could because their, no, their natural instinct would be to get a bit further up the pitch. The, 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 the likelihood is that Derek McInnes will go with Niall McGinn and Gary McKay-Steven uh, as his wide players. No, those guys want to play high up the pitch. They want to get at Rangers fullbacks and 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 have a go. No, Aberdeen can't do that if they're going to sit as deep as a Hamilton or a Levy and just invite Rangers onto them. I'd I'd be surprised um, if 
no, I just don't. I think they would struggle then to get up the pitch. So it's just because they've got the pace up there with those two players. I don't know if they will play him again, but certainly if they play Mackay Stephen, yeah, and in a sort of uh, number ten roving role where he has a lot of freedom, uh, Sam Cosgrove's a big unit who can win the ball in there, knock it on. And my concern would be if Aberdeen sit very, very deep, invite Rangers to push high up the pitch and leave some space in behind the defence, then you've got um, a player, Mackay Stephen, who can exploit the, the pace in behind. Yeah. And also Rangers don't have that ability to add the physicality that someone like Lafferty or Morelos would provide their attack. Yeah. Now, there's, there's no doubt it's a, it's a problem for Rangers. I mean, it's, it's maybe been underplayed slightly just because of how Rangers have... How Rangers have played and you know, the games that they've won and the positive results. You no, know, maybe people aren't talking about it as much, but you no, know, it's a major issue for Rangers. Two, two main strikers that have played, you no, know, between them played every game this season pretty much uh, won't be there. Um, and as much as I'm jo- jo- slightly joking about Sadiq, no, he's another one that just hasn't done it, and you, you should be getting into a semi final. Missing a couple of front players, thinking well, it's fine. We've got a big guy for, no, we've got a big guy for Roma uh, on loan who can come in and do a job. And clearly, that hasn't been the case. And Stephen Gerrard has got no trust or faith in him at all. Uh, I actually think you might find one of the young, uh, one of the younger strikers at Rangers being promoted, not not to play in the game on Sunday, but maybe just to go on the bench. Um, somebody like wee boy Dallas or that who scored goals in the, in the reserves. You might see him, uh, see him involved. Such as the the you know, Sadiq situation at the moment. Uh, it's so bad. So listen, it's a problem for Rangers because it does give them a lack of options. I agree with you. It means their front three are going to be very similar. I mean, let's face it, it's a front three of of wingers basically. You're relying on Ryan Kent's movement and his kind of creativity and his pace in behind. Um, but he's no, there's no getting away from the fact that he's not a natural, he's not a natural striker. But he, he, Stephen Gerrard's not got a lot, of, he's not got many options. So, so the way Liverpool's front three set up, Scott, uh, might be the carbon copy that Rangers need to follow. Which is, you look at that front three and you see Salah on the right, Manny on the left. But don't and... really, Johnny, because because Roberto Firmino, to me now, is a proper centre forward. Roberto Firmino is more of a number nine. Than Ryan Kent, Glenn Middleton, or Eros Gresda. Absolutely, so, like, but I suppose like what, what I was going to get at was Kent might be able to drop back into that space like a number 10, with the two yeah. wingers becoming more narrow. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah. and that's how Rangers can actually get joy because, you know, the full backs, do they go, do they come inside or do they leave it for their centre halves? And then no, you've also got Kent coming from deep positions, running with the ball at the Aberdeen central defenders. I agree. If Kent can be cl- if Kent can be clever in playing that kind of false nine where he drops off, and then he can get no. If Kent kind of drops off the central striker role into that kind of number ten, and he then gets runs from from Gresda or Candias wide, and he can pick you no know, pick the passes to to get them in. Then that's where they could get that's where they could get a bit of joy. And I'm sure if that's the way Gerard lines up, then that'll be the kind of thing they, they look to do on Sunday. Prediction, Scott. Oh uh, I expect Rangers still to win, Johnny. As I say, I think it's 
the striker uh, scenario is an issue for them. But I think Rangers will still have have too much about them. They, they seem to have a bit of a hex over Aberdeen, even when Rangers weren't playing that well in the last couple of years. No, they seem to have lifted a game against Aberdeen. They should have beat them at Pataudry, obviously, at the start of the season, as we know about. Uh, I think Rangers will win 3-1. Right. I'm going to go for 1-1 uh, oh. and Rangers to go through on penalties. Right. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be tight. If if Morelos or Lafferty was playing, I would I would go Rangers to win by yeah. a goal. I think uh, it could be a really interesting tactical battle, and it'll be interesting to see how Derek McInnes lines up. Yeah, because I think we know how Rangers are going to line up. It's it's fairly obvious. Gerard's got a a solid back four. We know roughly how that midfield's going to be organised. It's really just the front three. But I think Aberdeen could play a variety of different ways and, and that'll have a big impact on how Rangers approach the match in terms of the game management. Yep. I actually think Aberdeen's best chance is just to go is just to go and match up with Rangers. Um listen, I, I really like Derek McInnes. You know that. I think he's a top top manager. Um but he has been accused not by us, but mainly by Aberdeen fans, to be honest. Yeah, there's there is a lot there is a little bit of slow poison keeper in Scott. Yeah, I don't think that's too And I th- I think it's manifested itself from, from big games, Johnny. Uh, like the one they've got on Sunday. You know, he's a, I think he's had six semi finals as Aberdeen man. He's won three, lost three. Um he's obviously lost a couple of finals as well. Um and I think the Aberdeen fans, there seems to be this perception that McInnes overthinks his team, overthinks his formation, tries to complicate things to try and get the better of, uh, try and get the better of uh, teams in semi-finals and finals. However, listen, I don't know what he's going to do on Sunday, but I just think his best, I think his best option would just be to go and match up with Rangers because. No, you pretty much know what Rangers are going to do shape-wise. Steven Gerrard's not going to change his formation or his shape now. He's going to go with that 4-3-3. Granted that the, the striker problem uh, maybe even gives the opposition manager something else to think about because it'll be different to a Morelos or a Lafferty playing. But it's going to be 4-3-3. I think Aberdeen's best bet is just to get their best players on the pitch and go and match up in that system. No, they've played it before. Um, if I was Derek McInnes, I would, as I said, I would have McGinn and Mackay Stephen as his wide men uh, with, the, with James Wilson through the middle on his own. I don't I don't see what Sam Cosgrove's going to bring them against a, a Joe Warrow and a, a Connor Goldson. I think Wilson will cause those two more problems. Um, and then it's just about picking his... It's about Derek McInnes picking his, his midfield three to go up against uh, to go up against what I think Rangers are going to are going to do. But I think if Aberdeen are going to have a chance, McInnes has to go and can I just trust these players and say you know what right we're going to go four three three, we're going to try and get in their faces, we're going to match up, win personal battles, and we'll we'll take it for there. Um, and I think if they do that, it'll be a really not a really fascinating game, exciting game. Um, but as I say I still think Rangers. Will just have that that wee bit of, that bit more quality that they can they can win it. Okay, well, time will tell what happens. One thing can be sure: don't bet on whatever we say because we've not got a lot right so far this season, have we, Scott? No, 
<laughs> well, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Johnny R. McFarlane for me and at Scott McDermott 8 for Scott. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the pod as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, do us a favour, review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Let your body use your mind, use your mind.